What is good, everybody? I'm a little congested, but I'm feeling just fine. I wanted to give a random vet shout out to my man Brent Stamps. Got a good opportunity to uh, to speak with him today. Uh, that was uh, that was a good, fun little conversation, and I'm looking forward to uh, actually making making a little uh, steps forward to get him on the podcast. We were debating if we want to do over the phone or uh, if he's going to head out west because he's actually living on the East Coast right now. So so we'll see what comes to fruition with that. Uh, but I'm definitely looking forward to getting him into the basement any which way it goes. Also wanted to give a shout. Shout out to Populum CBD, uh, supporters of the podcast, long time, long time friends. Um, uh, they, they haven't gone anywhere, so just letting everybody know, check out Populum. We're actually in the process of working on a new coupon code, uh, so I'll have that for everybody uh, so you can get your subscriptions right. You can get, uh, get all your CBD uh, from a trusted third-party tested source uh, and, and, and feed that endocannabinoid system the way it should be traded. I'm also uh, I'm also testing out the new mic. This is the first podcast with the new microphone. Uh, this intro, actually, I got a few things going on right now. I got a fan going in the background, actually, because I want to uh, I want to see if you can hear it. I know I had it going on uh, episode forty, uh, but I don't. I think I listened to that in my car, and I don't recall it really being much of a distraction. But I, I wasn't paying attention, so I want to see if I when I got this playing here in the intro, if this mic, this new mic, is going to pick up the fan and how I got to go about. Uh, uh, turning the fan on or off because uh, it uh, it do be getting hot up in the basement. And uh, speaking of the new mic, did record this uh, this episode uh, in Zoom. So it was uh, I was on a Zoom call with uh, with my man James Willis. So uh, y'all maybe remember him from episode I think it was episode nineteen. But he he came on shared a little bit about his life story, and uh, I, I really enjoyed talking to that young man. So. So we made it a point to uh, to get the mics hot and uh, and drop this podcast for you. But he's uh, he's the front man of a band called Abe's Bones. You've heard their music on the podcast before, uh, and just uh, all around all around good dude. I really enjoy talking to him. So so I wanted to bring you this podcast right here with me and my man James. So y'all be cool. Cheer. James, welcome to the basement. Thank you so much, Odin. I think I'm gonna snag some of you. I'm gonna make. I'm gonna make a new intro. I'm in the process of making a new intro for the last okay. year, uh, just with sound bites. So. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, I don't know if I want to put your laugh because it's 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 just perfect or, <laughs> or it's something. We got some sound bites. Uh, yeah, I, I saw God too. Like I don't know. I might. I'm, I'll figure it out. <laughs> Uh, nice, so w- nice. What's good, man? I uh, I'm having a hard time getting a good coffee lately, bro. I'm not gonna <laughs> lie. I'm not gonna lie, man. It's uh, I'm supporting. I'm just supporting Toby best I can. At this yeah. point, I'm not going well, there because yeah. because the coffee's great. <laughs> yeah, it's off. tough out there. Yeah, I uh, I it's definitely something that benefits from having a consistent supply chain and such. If that makes sense, as in. Mm. Like when the co- when no one's there to buy as much coffee, it's harder to it, they aren't going to get as much fresh coffee, so the coffee's going to mm. be older because 
it doesn't make sense to be ordering in five pound batches every single time you buy it. Also, because some weeks you might be busy and some weeks you might be not. So you have to lower your par. The, I mean, all of, all of it is fucked. It's all fucked. Nothing's good. You know, I never thought of it like that. Like I know nothing of, you know, running a restaurant and ordering stuff like that, but yeah, that makes complete and entire sense. But boss, dude, yeah, I went in, I went in the other day. I just learned a little bit more about Toby. Like he's a doctor. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> he's like, a psychologist. Yeah, yeah like what? Like, huh? And his wife's a doctor. <laughs> like, yeah, like what? Yeah, she works at the U of A. Yeah, what? What? Yeah, we talked about it. I mean, it was a solid like five minutes. I was like, wait a minute, what? Because my ex girlfriend, <laughs> she's a now PhD in psychology. So, like, I'm, uh-huh. I learned, I mean, I don't, you know, I'm not no psychologist, but I learned a lot out of the University of North Dakota uh, mm-hmm. uh, Native American psych department from 2007 mm, wow. to 2010 or so cool. like i like i i did a lot of her cuz i'm decent at english so i did a lot of her paper editing um mm-hmm. just going over her homework and reviews and then she's like I, while she's learning it she, that's what she's talking so i'm like getting the second hand straight from the the yeah. professor's education I'm like holy shit and she's been a doctor for i mean a decade or so now doing her thing wherever she's doing it mm-hmm. um but yeah, so it was just interesting to learn that, like, you know, this guy I've said hi and passing with for, you know, been, been coming through, what, year and a half, maybe two years yeah, yeah. at this point. <laughs> so just like, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, you, you own you own the place. But oh, yeah, and, and, all, and, a, and more. Yeah, he's had an interesting life. He's like, he used to be the, um, he was kind of like a, uh, not so much as like an HR guy, from my understanding, he dealt with like, specifically with people at different pizza huts when he worked for pizza hut so he worked for like the corporate the corporate offices that would go to different places across the country or across the region i think is what it was there's like a whole it's broken into regions Mm -hmm. and he would just like evaluate the um positivity basically the the mindset of the store and if it was like healthy for the people working there and how the what where the malfunction was with individuals who are actually doing the job versus um where the problem was with like i don't know workflow like the the setup or workflow or stuff he figured he'd talk to the people and see how the people were relating to each other and if that could be ameliorated in some way so interesting something i never thought about that corporations do or should yeah. do or maybe should yeah. not do like i don't i don't know it's, yeah. it's all brand new to me so i'm just like wow yeah. very very cool no, but what's going on with you recently? So you're pretty much social distancing as much as possible. Yeah. No. yeah, I've been in here. The only people I've really interacted with are my girlfriend, Rachel, and my sister, Catherine, who I live with, and um, uh, Wyatt, who plays guitar in Abe's Bones, and he's been coming in. We've been recording stuff. And me and him have been both, we both wear masks, and we both sit apart in this room. So even then, I'm still like social distancing with them. Um, but uh, yeah, I had to go out to Ace Hardware for the first time. And I've gone to like a store. I haven't gone to a store in months. That was the first time I went to a store. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was a weird experience kind of going in again. I felt like a stranger. I felt like I was in an alien land, like I didn't belong there. It was strange, yeah. There's mixed stuff about... Um, I've been doing it because of my asthma. I've been not going out. And there's been like mixed reports as to the effect of COVID-19 on people with asthma 
it's kind of up in the air. There's different studies that like some say, oh, it doesn't make that big of a difference. And some say it does. So it's kind of, I've just been like, I'm going to err on the side of it does. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I, that's, yeah. I feel that's what everybody should do. However comfortable you are with your social distancing, take it that yeah. far. So like, yeah, I've, I'm an essential worker. You know, so yeah. something's got to keep the economy going, I guess. So, so they say. Right. So I guess realty, that's <laughs> a, a big chunk of taxes when people buy houses. You know, it's crazy, yeah. dude. In March, it was Friday the 13th, like when uh-huh. they were like, yeah, we're shutting down Arizona. Like right. March, yeah. fr- Friday, March 13th. And the last half of March, the real estate market just plummeted. Nobody mm. was like, what the hell? It was in the used staying home but i was kind of out and about a little bit just because yeah. i had to be and like it was weird it was eerie nobody knew what to do with their hands like and i'm <laughs> in a business where, where where we shake hands but just like holy moly um but as so i don't know i got to reacclimate, stay out there but it is kind of weird and i but i guess ultimately i don't know what i, I steered off but i was trying to say just if you're comfortable being at home stay home like yeah. and you know it's just weird places being shut down, forced shut down. Like nobody, there's misinformation. There's, there's yeah. so, like decent information. Nobody knows what numbers to go off. It's just a, it's a wild time right now, dude. But yeah. most yeah. definitely, like people with underlying health concerns, just asthma, cancer recovered individuals, just whatever yeah. the issue may be, definitely stay home because that seems seems to be what this thing is is going after and then i don't know if it's still true but a couple of weeks ago like the average coronavirus age of death was over the current life expectancy of people in the u.s so mm. it, it's still i mean i don't know how much they're just showing the number cases are up cases are up cases are up yeah and man i don't know what it's like on your side of town or what you're seeing but we got a test site right around the corner there are thousands yeah thousands of cars that have gone through there i mean every weekend like the lines See, and that that surprises me because my situation was i did get tested i got tested about a week and a half ago two weeks ago and i got tested because i i started to have this sore throat there were not really any other symptoms i had some fatigue i had some sinus issues so it generally it could be considered oh kind of related to allergies but because i had the um uh because I have asthma, I was like, well, I'm just going to go and get tested anyways. And I literally, I just went on the CVS website and I just put my name in for two, it was on a weekend. So I had to go on a Monday. I like found, I like logged on on a Saturday trying to get it for the next day. And so I had to wait a whole day to get tested, but I just set an appointment, drove up at the time. It took nothing. There was no line. It was ab- so easy. So it really surprised me that I, yeah, I hear stuff like that of people having to wait really long to get their test results or to um, have to wait in line. Yeah. And it's been noticeably less and less every weekend as it goes by, but probably for the last month. I mean, there have been Mm -hmm. a good chunk of the east side of Tucson who have been tested just right next to my house. I'm just seeing Mm -hmm. this. I'm like, yeah, obviously there's a number spike. And from my understanding, they're combining people who tested positive for the antibodies with the people who tested positive. And 
That I, I don't I don't know how accurate the numbers actually are. I guess my biggest concern is if I get whether it's coronavirus or I, I snap my leg up or blow my back out, like I want to be able to go get medical care. So, like the hospitals, I want to see the admission rate and you know where the beds are. Like I had one of my boys, he just herniated a disc in his back, or so he thinks. He's like, dude, I was doing X yeah. and I heard a pop. I was like, well, if you heard yeah. a pop, you you probably blew a disc because I've <laughs> I've, I've done that I've done I've done that a couple of times. And when you hear that pop, it's real. Mm, fuck i blew my back yeah up. um but he's just laid yeah. up they're like nope you can't come into the doctor like come on like what what's going on so it's just a real interesting time on top of uh, so many other things just leading up to this tipping point we seem to be in in, in 2020 just as a as a society as, as a country yeah um it, yeah. It, it's wild it's it's really wild to sit back and and really pull back and and look at what's going on how we got yeah to hear and just is so much and yeah <laughs> it's just so much and then excuse me <clears throat> a freaking cold i've got some daycare crud on top of that this uh, is the worst time to have like a a, a yeah. cold of any type a it's cold just, yeah because <laughs> i just i'm walking around like you know we got the mask on we get mandated in the office yeah. when i have meetings i throw it on it's like i'm still yeah. i'm it's really difficult to completely isolate just at the house, but it's yeah. it's a, it's a daycare cough. Like my, that's how it goes. One of my sons gets it, the other son gets it, mm-hmm. I get it, and then my wife get it. That's exactly how the, it yeah. goes in this house, and it's, it's difficult to avoid, other than completely sh- shutting it down. And I just I don't know. It's it's really really difficult to do to do that. Uh, so I don't know. I'm kind of out and about with it. I'm like ah fuck, people probably hate me, but I need to need to clear the throat at the moment. Yeah, I mean it's it's. It's a, it's, I think the situation is such that there is a kind of clear solution. It's that the people who benefit from the solution are not the people who control the decision to make that call, so to speak. Yeah, in the context of just the country. Yeah, and state by state basis too. I mean, I, I, it's all in proximity. I don't think it's. I don't think it's something that can be gauged like as an overall judgment because everywhere is going to have a different situation. Like, say, like Italy or whatever. Um, Italy was hit really hard at the beginning, and one of the larger reasons why was because of they have a huge elderly population, so a lot more people died there than early on than did in other places and everybody started trying to figure out oh these criticisms of this place and what caused this problem and stuff but um and there's a lot of competing narratives to establish yeah the the final narrative so to speak you know because every narrative is going to benefit somebody in some way um but uh the people who control who the mechanisms for which our society functions, whether it's in media or whether it's in government or whether it's in economic, economic, you know, things, business owners, that sort of thing, all to some degree have a varying desire for a narrative as to why this is happening and what the solution is. And that's, I think, partially the reason why this has gone off so poorly is because nobody can pick a narrative that they've, that makes sense. And so they're just trying to all compete with each other as to why things are happening. The way yeah are. yeah i i agree and I, so it's just where's the so that's kind of 
the oppressor needs to come to some type of enlightenment because the oppressed are enlightened. Like we have complete, <laughs> complete and full realization that there's thumbs holding people down in, in certain places in varying contexts, whether that's education, judicial system, law enforcement, just the things you, you yeah. named as well, just government overall, you know, that, yeah. I, that's why I think everything going on right now with uh, 2020 the pandemic was just the, uh, leading up to George Floyd's death, which sparked all this just civil rights movements across the country, yeah. some of which not going well, but it's just, I, I'm unsettled just still to date. It's been, I mean, it's been ongoing for a few months now and it's just, I, I'm confused. I'm scared, I guess, to, to at least an extent, like I'm, and I'm an ever optimist. So I think that there is a, a brighter side. I think forced change is, is a front, but yeah, I, it's really difficult to get control back once it's, it's given away and whatever, or people who have power to give it away. And that, that's what it is. It's a monetary struggle. It's uh, something, I mean, it's, it's human nature. I mean, there's nothing new yeah. happening in humanity, like right yeah. now. There's, not, there's nothing new that's going on. So yeah. I guess it's when do we as a people begin to advance and really get past the surface level yeah. stuff as a people? I guess that's a way broader question, but man, I don't feel good about what's happening around around yeah. the country. Whether and yeah. I, and you know, people are arguing mask no mask. Like that's such in in this like that's yeah, so minor. Stupid. That's so it's, who cares? Yeah, it's literally nothing. So yeah. stupid. Like put put your fucking mask on, man. People are getting sick. Like well, I, I mean, that, yeah, I think it, I think and there's some evidence to show that a lot of that stuff in the same way with the people who were like anti quarantine. A lot of that is astroturfed by these um, organizations that push this agenda online to just sow unrest among so many people and to make people begin to fight amongst themselves versus realizing that there's this, the through line through this whole COVID thing that I, don't, I haven't heard many people talk about really is that it doesn't affect the wealthy. The people, the wealthy in this country, the people who own capital in this country, they, their lives have not changed at all. No. They have a whole tier of existence that's separate from ours. You know, they can fly on jets wherever they want to go. They can take helicopters places. They can take their own special cars places to be separate from people. They own properties that are far away from people. Mark Zuckerberg owns an island trying to buy all the land on an island so he just doesn't have to interact with any other human being there if he wants to. I mean, these people live on a completely different – and Mark Zuckerberg obviously is much more wealthy than I think most of the people I'm looping into this group of people – but the people who own capital, the people who control the industry, they don't, this doesn't affect them at all. This doesn't make their lives more difficult, really. It only makes their lives more difficult in their inability to get people to do work for them because I don't want to work. Most people don't want to go to work. Have, they don't want to have to put their lives at risk because of any reason, because of all of the reasons you wouldn't want to put your lives at risk. And that's the I think the reason why there's this friction sparking off between the people who are at risk about this mask no mask about one thing versus another thing about as soon as somebody says black lives matter somebody has to say all lives matter it's this contrast even though that everyone more or less who is 
at the same level of existence values the same things and wants the same things. And yes, there's like underlying cultural currents that separate us. But I would say that if you, I've said this before too, and this is, I, I, I think not something that's discussed in the media too, is if you ask a person and statistics shows, if you ask the average person, do you think people should get, be able to get healthcare and not have to worry about going completely broke as a result of it? Do you think people should have to, should get good wages and work safe jobs? People, everyone says, yes, it doesn't matter what your background is. 80% of people all agree on that same thing. But then there are these just little culture wars that spark off contained within that, those same desires and goals that everyone has that keep everybody yeah, fighting amongst themselves versus realizing that if they organized and stood up for each other, then we could all transcend that in a way. But yeah, I think that I think that the the racism aspect in this country is the main driver behind all of that. It's the through line that's existed since the since the beginning of this country that's lasted this whole time. Yeah, well, to that point, there's a complete and entire lack of understanding. And that, I think, is more of where people's energy and focus should be than we're arguing about a piece of cloth on your face. Mm -hmm. Or we're arguing about, you know, what people, like, dead naming or, you know, which, to Uh an extent, let's let's not do that. But when you... Coming up with new names for for, for sexes, 70-some-odd names. Hang on, hang on. Let's... Give everybody their equal rights. Let's not split hairs over zer right. or cisgender or just hang on, just hang on. Let's all get on board, and we need to fix some infrastructure. Then we'll get yeah. down. To, then we'll get down to the fine tuning. Yeah, like, I think we, the the yeah the the factional infighting amongst um, not just progressives but liberals and you know right wing people and stuff is is the main source of all this, why nothing is getting achieved, why nothing is changing, and why we're forever caught in this demiurgical reality where like, uh, you know Gnosticism? You ever heard of Gnosticism? I have, but remind me. Yeah, remind me what it is. So it, it kind of, I think the origin is, is, early, is from early Christianity. And uh, there was these sects of, Christians, you know, because they were still being persecuted early in, in the post the death of Christ and everything. And um, they, uh, they had to, you have to kind of contend with the question that everyone contends with. Why is there all this bad shit in the world if an all-loving, all-powerful God created it? Why is all this shit suck? Why is it so bad if that's the case? It's the permanent question that is always going to be on everybody's mind and everybody has an excuse for it in some degree or rationalizes it in some way within their, the confines of their belief system. And the Gnostic people, the people who ascribe themselves to Gnosticism believe that the world we live in isn't actually the real world. The world we live in is a fake world created by a sort of demonic entity, the devil or whatever. And that's why you can never really achieve full spiritual consciousness in our reality why it's so hard to why all of the the, you're pulled away by physical pleasure and by greed and by um selfishness and stuff like that it's because we live in a world that's actually constructed by the devil and we have to transcend that 
world entirely, the physical world around us to reach the level that God is at. So it's like there is a heaven, but that heaven is contained underneath this. We live in hell, is what it's saying, essentially. This is hell, and we have to break through of it to get to God on the other side. And to hmm. some extent, I think that's um, the, uh, I think that's a good metaphor or analogy for the way we, as a culture in general, worldwide culture now, have engaged with the world in a way where we are trapped in this world with all these contradictions that don't make sense. We have iPhones and this capability to communicate with each other and this hyper awareness of the world going on around us. We have access to food and clean water and um, better health and et cetera, et cetera, safety more so than ever in history. And yet we are still filled with dread, pain, suffering, anger towards each other, frustration with each other and stuff because the nature of the world that we constructed with all this technology doesn't reflect back on us a value of human life. It reflects back on us a value of what we can continue to create and manifest in this world, i.e. physical material goods versus actual human life, which is the idea that we should be, in my mind at least, putting ahead of material goods and instead material goods are put first. That's why there's this question of going, well, why can't we shut down? If, 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 if it's safer at home, then why don't we just sell everyone to stay home and create an infrastructure that um, gets people food and gets people things and et cetera, et cetera. Why can't we just do that? Because material goods are valued more than human lives. That's why. It's not like some like inherent quality of the universe that forces the economy to keep going. It's that there's like just, yeah, there's a, they, the people who are in charge choose to value the material goods of the world versus human life. Yeah, I don't even think you can get to Gnosticism, that, uh, that sentiment without psychedelics, first of all. Uh, but to, <laughs> but to, to the point of, I, yeah, I, I agree that the, our society, and maybe on a global, I guess I can't speak on a global scale, but we definitely have more value on things than, mm -hmm. than people. And that's, it, it, that is extremely, extremely sad. So like, is, so, but is that part of the mechanism to drive that into people to make a, something divisive you know and politically or whatever and there's these hot button mm -hmm. issues that that's really 80 percent of people agree on whatever and that probably probably 100 percent of people agree on 80 percent of a varying level of things and we're disagreeing <laughs> yeah. on on 20 percent if even and but that's yeah. the 20 percent that they bring to the forefront to keep people divided and separate to keep a certain select group of individuals in control you know and I guess I don't know. Like, how do you get through get through that? Like, what? Like, I do. I want that enlightenment. Whether the, the devil made this world or not, but I want everybody to be able to see that kind of stuff. I think it's just it's 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 like a compounded. It's the compounded effect of that of the of a society that doesn't value human life. Because if it doesn't value human life, then you 
as a, you internalize that as a human being and you may value the lives that are around you and put pressure, put, put value on those people. But there's also to some degree, a level of objectification that comes with that, where you create, where you apply the value on the people around you as if you would apply the value on, I mean, look at the words that I'm using right now. Value is specifically one that in, is inherently tied to a monetary cost, something that's worth money. That's what value means. And so you put value on people in the similar way, whether or not there's, there's, there's a deep internal struggle in, within, I think, every person where they do feel that love, but the way you manifest it in a way is um, through defining it as an object or, or, or it's worth something like this person is worth a lot to me. This person, I really value them in my life. Just those words themselves show that we can't separate the love that we have for the people around us away from actual material goods and things that are like, I value this microphone. I value my name brand hydro flask. I value my iPhone. And I value my parents and my girlfriend and my family. And I value you, Odin, but I can't value you. How do I describe that without saying without, without away from the, without pulling away from the objectification of it. It's like tied to the English language in a way, I think. You know, part of me is always, I don't know, wondered or maybe even argued, you know, we have the largest amount of people safe for the longest amount of time in human history, uh-huh. notable human history here in this country. There's, I mean, there's a lot worse things going on over. So is that the cost that we pay like for this safety? You now it's, it's an odd structure, but when you, when you talk mm-hmm. about maybe in a, in a military sense, you know, just protection of, of people from invasions that, that happen, you know, everywhere. So like there's, yeah. there's that aspect of it, but it's like, okay, even with that aspect of it, like, can we get to the enlightenment? Like, I, I don't know. I think Joe Rogan's like, nobody should be allowed to be, you know, making decisions on a, on a national scale. Like if they haven't done just like a massive dose of mushrooms, <laughs> like, I'm like, I do like, I, I agree with that. Like to uh, so, like some, there's enlightenment there when it comes back to like to yeah. the, not the Gnosticism point, like that's reaching through that enlightenment to the other side to get, like through that next dimension, that's just not an everyday thought. Like that's you, you've experienced yeah. something. Cause I don't know, I've tapped into some things not even that long ago. Like, Oh, I didn't never thought I would go there. You know, a little similar to the experience you described me last time we talked about this, but I went, I went back in my DNA chain, some, some, yeah. some, some lifetime. So it was real, just real, yeah. real interesting things come out of it. And just the thought just of, treating people better and then valuing human lives and, and what they output so they can care for the people that they're in direct interaction with. And, and if I'm doing that, and if you're doing that, then we all have the ability to actually change society like, exactly. yeah. for, for hopefully the better, like as if yeah. we're all taking care of each other, like it used to take a village and I don't know how much of the village it takes anymore. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think too. There's a uh, I think along with that, specifically in the world that we both live in, there's a reckoning that we have to do that has not been really dealt with at all. Uh, and especially the this is the I think the main problem with uh, 
liberals is they want to find this reckoning that um, while maintaining the current level that they live at, so to speak. It's, a, it's, a, it's hard for me to describe it. I'm not the best at putting these sorts of things into words. But the reckoning is that we live um, both ourselves, both exploited people, you know, definitely not up on like the top of the food chain when it comes to life in general, you know. Mm-hmm. We both on ourselves have been exploited to some degree. Our labor has been exploited. Our lives have been utilized to the benefit of somebody else. And we've both chosen whatever option we've chosen because it's easier than whatever other, or it's better than one other option that we had or something like that, right? But the reckoning to be done, even at our level, is that even our successes and the things that we've done have at some point taken advantage of the people who don't have the ability to even make the choices, the shitty choices that we've had to make in our lives when our lives have sucked. I.e., like, how could I connect with people as well as I have, how could I run, how could I produce music as well as I have, how could I lead my life as successfully as I had if I didn't have the materials in this cell phone that allowed me to communicate with people and make these decisions and text people and set things up and interact with the world around me and have the knowledge that I want to have. When these materials were made by people making, you know, slave labor in countries that are far away from me that I can't even conceive of. And by using this to some degree i am engaging with that 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 has happened and i've accepted it and i've put it in some cordon of my brain some area of my brain into a box and been like well that's the stuff that sucks and i can admit that it sucks but i can also choose to live with it because the other option is not having this phone and i know to some degree that Uh, people would look at me crazy if I was like, no, I don't have my phone. I don't use a phone because um, the phones are made with slave labor because my shirt was made with slave labor. Probably. I mean, this chair or this, whatever piece of this microphone, this hat maybe could have been made in a prison in America with people getting paid, you know, five penny, five cents a day to sew the threads into these hats or whatever. We have no idea where half of the stuff we get comes from. It just shows up in our reality and we exchange money that we've made for it without considering and reckoning with the fact that yeah a lot of these people a lot of the stuff we have in our world is made through the exploitation of other people even though we aren't wealthy even though we ourselves are exploited Hmm. yeah yeah that's a real sad downer (laughs) you're completely explicit and i mean the modern day slave trade down to it like yeah if you want to go that far, but that you know that's a crazy point. There's more slaves today, right? Like on what 11, yeah. 11 July twenty twenty than there has ever been at any point in in yeah. world history. Like that's yeah. so crazy. Like that's that's just a wild concept that I don't even. I'm not read learned about it at all. But just like just mm-hmm. the modern sex trade, like sex trafficking. It, but it's it's just it's sad. Like it's so sad. Like yeah. children are being stolen and just abused for a lifetime like just like i just back to the value of life i have a different value of life and that and people who can bring themselves to interact in that world like where did you come from and and how do we get into into there and try to just spread the just a different message of of positivity what do you do with that and advance (laughs) yeah Yeah. no 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 shit like i have no fucking clue like whatsoever like 
Yeah. There's nothing. It's, 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 it's not something that can be figured out by two people talking to each other at the end of the day. It's not something that can ever be like broached or ever dealt with on that regard, which is again, one of the reasons why it sucks so much because you, we don't even, we can't even, it's hard for, I think us to conceive of the way in which we can fix these problems because when we bring that up, it feels so intimidating. It feels like, I mean, like, what the fuck do I even, how do I even, I'm just, I just fucking, live my life I, yeah, I don't know what to do i don't yeah. know what to do it's just all i know is like it's it's hot outside like it's like asking me how to fix that <laughs> like i don't know how to fix that either yeah yeah, so, yeah. but no i saw yeah but the i guess the things that we're accepting of you know okay we could focus our energy again like off the masks and off the things that really don't have any effect on you and really put that energy into making things better. Let's start with getting people yeah. plumbing and water. Like we start with, yeah. with, with just that one thing on a global scale and go from there. Like, I don't know. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm of the mindset. There's enough resources on a worldwide scale to provide. 70% everyone of food water. goes to waste. 70% of food goes to waste. And it's, it's yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> I'll try to be accurate, but man, we waste 15 to 20% of the food out of this household. Maybe that's a little high. Like, it, it, try not yeah. to, but I mean, yeah, make, make some soup. It doesn't get frozen in two days. And it's stuff it's, gets it's thrown garbage. away. It's, it's yeah. the, the reality of our world is, again, you're confronted with these things where the blame is shifted to you and me and other people at my level. That's why, that's how they that's again, like the way that they keep us down and keep us away from controlling the world that is around us is by shifting the blame to you is to making you feel bad when you can't, when you don't give money to a homeless guy is to make Mm -hmm. you feel bad when you throw away some food from your family that you guys didn't eat to make you feel bad when you buy something made out of plastic or something like that, or, you know, I don't know, et cetera, et cetera, do contribute some way to, the negativity in the world but the things that you the thing that you contribute is so infinitesimally small that as an individual that that is a is a um a conflict within yourself where you're like well i don't i can't i'm not going to change anything by not doing this thing but i'm going to or like not eating meat or whatever even though you everyone knows full well that all that stuff is bad for the environment and it's not good and it's it's not good for the animals and it whatever um but what change is going to happen from you not doing the thing? It's a scary thought to have to process. And I've been able to rationalize with going, well, I can do some, I can, I can make these changes in my life by trying to, in a, in a way of manifestation, right? Because if you alter the way that you live, you're kind of manifesting that reality just a little mm-hmm. bit more upon mm-hmm. the world, which I think is a powerful thing. And I, I think is mm-hmm. the main reason that people should, make changes in their lives and make less trash and make more effort to do slightly better things for the environment or give a, give $5 to a homeless guy or whatever. Well, but, I, uh, um, be, beyond that act, like have systems in place the way you like, that's I'm, what I'm saying. And that's, yeah. that's where all this goes down to is like, that's, that's the thing is it, it, what really matters though, is these big changes at the top, as much as it matters that people are manifesting it in their individual lives, it matters that the actual systems of oppression are broken down and altered so that they aren't systems of oppression anymore and are systems that uplift and support people. Um, 
Yeah, yeah. I was. T- I, yes, yes. I was. I was referring to personal systems. Have systems in place. Like I, I felt oh, yeah. when all like this all jumped off. Like well, I just felt extremely pandemic ready. Is mm-hmm. outside of my business scheduling, I've been relatively unaffected. My wife, like, and I can't go to bars. Like, oh, okay, big deal. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like the hygiene unchanged. Keep keep my nails clipped. Like. <laughs> cl- kitchen's just as clean clean that every day yeah. just just things like keeping a clean house hygiene just hydration levels eating some green shit throwing that down your gullet like yeah like i don't know i felt my lifestyle is r- relatively un unchanged un unhinged yeah. by any of this but yeah but that's part of you know the positivity being the change i want to see like i i've never lost my keys like they go in yeah. a spot just having systems in place i do x and it's a little obsessive uh compulsive like like putting that in place but those are just conscious thoughts in my mind like how can i ultimately my my life's goal is to leave nothing but positive stories for my grandkids (laughs) to share to their kids sure like that's what i want my legacy to be like i don't know how much further i can go i'm not you know necessarily actually changing the world i'm not you know uh the leading rocket scientist or or brain surgeon or, or anything on, on that level but to to that like okay well how can i do that well it's be around yeah. as long as i possibly can so let me take care of myself and well if i'm going to be here as long as yeah. i can well in that case i better be able to move around and be able-bodied so it's you know just taking care of myself physically yeah and then okay well i, I want to have clear and conscious thoughts if i want these people to say positive things about me in the future so then i act in a just positive way and it's all just conscious yeah. effort least the, the way that i drive and just just am and carry myself just I, yeah it's just odd but if I, you know hopefully i can leave some type of takeaway right. so my two sons can have their part in changing the world because yeah you know i guess that's that's my life's mission right now hey man sorry to uh cut it did you ever have that steak no you're fine <sighs> i did yeah yes. I uh, I and I got one from uh, the the farmers market that I keep you. I got I got so Rachel got went to the farmers market and picked one up from a guy who owns a farm in Arabica. So it's his cow and he slaughtered it and he sells it. So from like start to finish, it's his cow, which nice. is the thing that I was like, I will eat meat like that. That's how I if right. I want to eat meat, that's how I want to eat meat. Um, and he also said it, he was like he has ground beef too, which is it all comes from one cow, <laughs> which is the you go oh <laughs> oh yeah I guess that makes sense huh <laughs> yeah one, one one cow no waste yeah oh. it was a, a New York strip and uh, it, uh, it it was okay I I haven't I'm pretty I haven't cooked a red meat in two or three years so. Uh, I was a little weak on it, but I watched like two or three videos, just people cooking and read a couple <coughs> things about it. And uh, I did like the butter basted thing. I got the rosemary, you know, you put it the cast iron. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I had some, I just did some potatoes and some mushrooms on the side. And it was really good. We had a little bottle of wine. We watched uh, Sorry to Bother You. It was good. It's a good night. Did it, so you said it was just okay, but I mean, did your primal, did you get well, primal? I, was it like, well, yes. Yeah, it felt good. I, I, I'm i saying just okay as a sort of a down talking myself about my ability to uh, 
It was good. It was fine. The I shouldn't meal. say it was just okay. The way, the I, way, I thought the way it was, was good. Prepared. Yeah. All right. Cool. It was good. I think that the meat itself, I could have done better a little. I could have done a little bit better cooking it. Fair but enough. I shouldn't say that because I'm proud of myself for after having not made red meat for three years, being able to cook it successfully. So I shouldn't talk bad about myself. Yo, there's a. Uh... I was talking to my granddad a few years back. I was like, tell me about yeah. like your cousins and shit. And he just goes sure. into like all my dad's side, the Odins, that they're all uh, musicians and uh, barbecue like masters. Wow. <laughs> and then like a random, a random shoe cobbler. I thought that one was cool. <laughs> but, but it's like, it's totally. Like, oh, I, I get like this infatuation with music that I've always had and how I can just mm-hmm. step on a grill and I'm 19 years old, just in the Air Force, just, okay, I guess right. I'm running, running the grill and it yeah, uh, like yeah. always turned out like way better than expected just from watching my dad a little bit, but like he got it from somewhere too. So it was just interesting to know, like from Minnesota all the way up to Canada and like with the Winnipeg area, like the Odins mm. are, are known, like some notable musicians, jazz musicians and like restaurant owners and stuff. So that's cool. It's pretty cool. But I, yeah, I, I really like to just cook meat on fire. There's just something, <laughs> something primal about it. I mean, you can't like, like the cast iron, that, that's great, but you can even bring that to the campsite, but like meat yeah. on meat on fire is that I, I love getting down and, and anything. Time, it doesn't uh, matter. One time I made some, uh, we made, we were we, me and my friend, John, who we cooked together a lot. Um, we uh, we made a uh, carne asada, Ooh. and uh, this was like three years ago. And we were we had like, I had like a little just like bowl kind of charcoal grill, you know. And after a minute, we were thinking about it, and we just took them off and we laid them just straight on the coals, just on the hot coals, really? and had them like just flat meat along the on the coals for like. Maybe, maybe max, it took like five minutes to cook yeah. them. I mean, it's skirt steak too, so it's really thin. Right. Um, but it, it was just like, and that was the best, I think some of the best meat I've ever had in my whole life. It was so good. Yeah, just throwing that on the fire. It makes you feel, yeah, it's like primal. It's like yeah. something, yeah, yeah. No, there's entirely something that taps back <laughs> into that primitive, primitive human of being out hunter-gatherer, bringing that kill home and you know we discovered fire and, and throwing that down it just really taps into that when like if i haven't had i don't have i don't eat, I eat a lot of ground beef i suppose just around uh-huh. it's, easy, it's easy with the kids but like steak like a couple of times a month max so sometimes i'll go a month uh-huh. or, or two without a steak and then i'll hit yeah. that one bite and i'm like oh yeah, steak yeah. like ground beef doesn't do that. <laughs> Chicken doesn't do it. Fish doesn't do yeah, it. Yeah. A fucking carrot don't do it. There's just something about, you know, deer does it for, I will for say, me. Like, yeah. There was one time. There was one time when I was camping. It was this. I went camping uh, over the winter, uh, like last winter, and uh, I was in New Mexico with my friend Ben, and we were camping on this overhang in the Gila uh, National Forest. It was this incredible park. Uh, I like camping in the wintertime because no one else is camping in the wintertime. And yes, it sucks because it's like 12 degrees and it can be very uncomfortable for the night parts. But in the daytime, it's very cool and it's nice. But we were camped on this beautiful like edge of a cliff that like overlooked the, this canyon that runs through the Gila wilderness that's been inhabited, that was inhabited, you know, 1200 years ago by the Pueblo people who lived off of the, this, the Gila River that goes through there. And uh, we both had, 
I brought potatoes and two onions. And we just wrapped the potatoes and the onions in foil and just put them underneath the fire when we started the fire. And about two hours later, we pulled them out. And beforehand, we just rubbed them with like salt and olive oil. And that's, that's it. it. And I, it was, it was like a transcendental meal because I pulled them out of the, I like you pull them, like they're hidden. All the fire has collapsed now over them, just like all the charcoals and everything. And you have to find them and pull them out of the fire. And the onions like had caramelized and had just become like, decadent in a way that i never thought just a regular vegetable with just a little bit of salt and oil could become decadent it felt like i was eating yeah i felt like i was eating like duck breast or something like something like fatty and sweet and heavy it was incredible so even that i think when you when you do that in like a fire even if it was just like a vegetable it could draw out this like ah i'm, yep. <laughs> I'm a cake fan let me get out <laughs> there's another point there do things that make future you happy. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, we're going to build this fire anyways. Might as well throw some potatoes and onions in there, see what happens. But just throughout yeah. life, like, if I don't be lazy, as much, it's just my reminder for myself. Like, if I do this now, I'm not going to have to worry about it later. If, yeah, I'm going to have to worry about it regardless. So I might as well do it now, get it out of the way. Just do yeah. things to make future you happy. Yo, I made a duck for Christmas, uh, wow. smoked duck. And I called, uh, uh. I called my boy Stick. And then my wife came outside, like right as I'm calling him. And I, I was just like, look, I never, ever thought as a little kid in a trailer park, I would be able to say on Christmas Day, the duck is ready. But <laughs> the duck is ready. Uh, but duck is good, man. I still got some of the grease. I don't know what to do with it. It makes everything taste like duck. So I guess I mean, it's, a, it's a good grease you can cook with. But yeah, like, I mean, it, if you like that, I mean, I'm curious. I don't know. I mean, What's that one? Uh, there's a pate. You gotta get some duck livers, you know, mm. sous vide them or something, and then just blend them up with a duck fat, and then spread that on a piece of toast. That'd probably be interesting. Something next level. Now, I'm trying Here's, to cut out. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, I was. I'm trying to cut out bread and pasta right now entirely. Oh yeah. Yeah, my back's been inflaming like really, really bad lately. Um, in the last like six months, I've slipped four ribs out of place. Oh, awesome. My brother's a chiropractor, so I called him, kind of explained what was going on. Like, I didn't yeah. go to the doctor, but he's like, oh, yeah, this. It's a, you probably slipped a rib. It's pretty common. So that was the first time, and I was fucked up for mm-hmm. a while. Then, like, two days later, another one popped in and out, and I was just, like, standing there. That one was weird. The first one, I was, like, stretching or something. And yeah. then, like, two or three weeks ago, that, that was, like, six, five, four, four to six months ago. And then, like, two, three weeks yeah. ago, I was stretching again, and I, I just do this weird shit upside down. It's hard to explain, but I was wiggling. Yeah. Like, but on my, I was laying on my shoulders with my legs in the uh-huh. air. Yeah. And just wiggling. And then I, I felt the same pop. It was, and then the same numbness shot around like my back through my ribs, up and down my spine. And like, it's just like, they, it's like cracking a knuckle. It goes out and back, yeah. right back in. So it's not like, yeah. it's not a displacement issue, but the pain, like, they're not supposed to come out of place at the same time. <laughs> it's not supposed so, to do that. <laughs> and so, like, and it just, like, I just was just get laid up for a few days, but like, it hurts for. Sure at least a week after like i can just limited mobility can't twist can't turn so i don't know i'm about to think about going to the the va to get a, my disability rating reassessed but because uh-huh. because of this and then even i'll just be doing not too difficult a yard work i'm not lifting anything just kind of basic yeah. around the house yard work and my back will just be baby. oh i just hawked some flagstones the other day <laughs> oh man that that shit was a workout that one i understood why my back yeah. hurt after 
Yeah. Uh, I, I hooked probably, I don't know, 800 to 1200 pounds Jesus, a couple yeah. weeks ago. And then we got a couple more to get. We're doing a little project in the backyard, but I'll just be doing basic stuff and my back will just really flame up and flame. And I don't keep a poor diet, you know, so I'm don't have a lot of inflammatory, yeah, guy, yeah. not, not a lot of inflammatory foods, but uh, bread and pasta. I think it's just, it's got to go. Just, I got a little yeah. shit fucked up in my gut. And then with the back being the way it is, I'm like, let me just, reduce the the flour i guess yeah, uh, yeah. Had to, you know as much as i can i'm, I'm not gonna kill it those but, things you know. too if you cut them out you can like kind of touch back on them later right kind of i've done that with my diet where i've like cut stuff out like with meat i did that and now i've been kind of like i've had little bits of it here and there continuously over the past couple of months kind of beginning at the start of this year i've started kind of integrating it quite like a little bit here or there into my diet to kind of see how it feels and what it makes me feel like and stuff but um, but yeah, you could definitely like let you know keep stuff out for a while and have it back in and see how it goes. But uh, yeah, that sucks. I mean, you're a tall guy too, so I imagine you're probably more prone to having some back issues. Yeah, and plus being just an athlete, and I've yeah. I've really, I really <clears throat> this part of my thing, my longevity thing is like my body's jacked up as an aircraft mechanic for mm-hmm. a decade but before that just my whole life growing up for you know 15 plus years was playing sports and i never had like a coach who really showed me how to take care of your body yeah basketball right. we, we stretch but right. not no one would ever showed me how to take care of my body I didn't have a dad in the house and mm-hmm. none of the athletics that i participated in anybody went that extra how to care for your body for for injury's sake and for sure, yeah. Just sit back and listen to uh, like a bunch of Kobe Bryant podcasts or uh, read, read the Mamba Mentality book. And he had the same trainer as Michael Jordan. So you get to watch like uh, the documentary and the Chicago Bulls that just came out and uh-huh. how these professional athletes are actually caring for themselves. LeBron James like spends something like a million dollars a year on like just body rehab. I don't know if diet's included in that. It may be, but even if it's yeah. not, w- whatever. And he obviously lives in a different echelon than the rest of the world, but- Right, like yeah. to, okay, well, what can I do then on my level to take care of my, my myself? Because I'm I'm really I've got a lot of a lot of issues going on, just back, neck, sure, yeah. elbows, my knees are jacked. But I think even before fixing airplanes, like I was pounding pounding a lot on the body, just playing sports, and then whatever, like senior year of high school, smoke some weed, drink a forty, go play some basketball, go smoke some more weed, drink right. another forty. Like that's not like the yeah. way to best way to go about things. So <laughs> I'm hoping I can ingrain some stuff in my sons to just to be like, look, I, I did it the hard way. And by the yeah. time you're you're 30, you could have this potentially be a kind of lifestyle. How do you want to get there? You know, so whether that's athletics or musicians, like one of them is an athlete. My baby's an athlete. It's it's crazy. Like the things he can do just (laughs) with his body, but also like with a basketball. He hit a baseball off a tee clear across the yard the other day. I was like, "What the dude? You're you're not even a year and a half." It was. I just looked at my wife like, "Oh, okay." (laughs) And then the older one, man, he's uh, he's three, but he's he's wicked smart. The kids, he's he's advanced. He's I've only ever seen one like toddler like him and that kid he's 16 mm-hmm. now and mm-hmm. into running a cnc machine and doing all kinds mm-hmm. of he got into this real like gifted school uh high school a couple uh-huh. years ago so i don't know i see that in my boy too so i'm just like okay awesome. well we're already working on he's got the alphabet down uh he's got he can count to 13 14 but pretty much get to 20 and yeah. just you know, a, so many different animals i mean obviously colors come first um 
but man, he we're working on math already. Like I'm starting five plus five. It's like, you got 10 fingers, dude, let's break this down. So um, we're, we're already starting to get into math like this week. Like awesome. I, yeah. So That's but, exciting. yeah, every day we do letters or numbers. Like, what are you going to do today? Letters or numbers? Like, you know, and yeah, it is. It's extremely exciting. Cause you know, one of my, my boys, Desi, he said, uh, when you have kids, you got to kind of reparent yourself. Like, yeah. like legitimately everything, you know, is wrong. Like you yeah. need to, cause, because it's based on them. Like it doesn't, doesn't yeah. matter what's in you. It's based on them. Yeah. And then we got a whole yeah. lot extra psychological child studies, you know, in the last, since you were a kid. So, so get, get learned up on that shit and, yeah. and put your best foot forward to output some positive members of society. So I'm just, that's all. Just <laughs> put your it. best foot forward to yeah. output some positive members of society. Yeah. You should get that printed on a t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, for real. But that's how, that's how I feel about it. Like stop. I don't think just uh some people might not like these words but like i don't like my parents didn't do a great job so i'm just trying to Mm -hmm. do a great job like that's uh, i want to feel like i want to do a great job and how do i do a great job all right well let's make them positive members of society that's just how how i feel about (laughs) it like and do it and they'll do it on kind of you relearn new people you bring a new person home it, it's wild you gotta you gotta learn that person yeah. it's gonna take a, yeah. it takes a very very long time like my wife and i we've been together what seven years or so when the first kid was born six and a half just so we were like we know each other like and but at the same time we're still getting to know somebody it, I, i've known people yeah. for 30 years that like i know 20 years that i like i know that person so relationships yeah. are interesting but you you relearn that individual and in in the you learn what they're into, not into, and how to deal with that. And you're you're relearning about yourself in the process. My oldest son is my biggest mentor. I never, I never thought that was the case. Like it's, my wife and I, we got this uh, question a day book. Just here, here's your mm-hmm. daily question. Answer it. And one of them, who's your mentor? And I was like, well, well, shit, Big G. Like he, yeah, he's yeah. teaching me more about myself and, and life than anybody has as to date so just uh just interesting yeah i mean you can see the things that you have ingrained in you as that are still like i mean one of the things i i learned in therapy too was treating these like anxieties and frustrations that occur within you when you're upset about something or when you're afraid of something or when you're reacting very emotionally to something usually that's a result of some aspect of you that hasn't become an adult yet it's still held back in this sort of regressed state, this childlike state. And you have to view that as a child and take it into your arms and hold it because it's just scared. It's just afraid of stepping into this new threshold, this new world that you put it in. And you have to interpret it. I mean, at least this is, you know, every, for therapy and everyone's interpretations of things and how they're going to process things are different. But for me, that's what it very much felt like was like I was treating these fears and anxieties within me as if they were just parts of my psyche that had not yet progressed to a state the stage of adulthood that lots of other parts of me are and that's what that uh contrast and contradiction created the tension and frustration within me and um yeah bringing that to yeah that that makes complete and total sense and that's part of the thing i I try to tell people who are interested in maybe trying some hallucinogens like (laughs) you need to think about your entire life like every decision you can remember making 
like good, bad, or indifferent, everything that led you to exactly where you are, just so it, it, it's there because the, the medicine's gonna, gonna bring it there and, and take you there. And if you're not prepared yeah. to go through and deal with that kind of stuff, you, you might not have a good time. And the medicine wants you to have a good time. That's why it's doing that to you. You know, and if you, so if you can't get through that, you're never going to be able to have another experience where you tap through onto some uh, yeah. Gnosticism type shit and tap through and knock on the walls <laughs> of, of the other dimensions and, and really, really experience, yeah. you know, what's out there from an, another perspective that's, you know, your own, but completely outside of your own. But, yeah. 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 I definitely, definitely resonate with that. But hey, hey man, what's, uh, what's the new album about? You seem you, you or what are some of the songs about? You seem to like kind of do theme stuff. Uh, the album's about a. It's kind of about. It's about to some degree. Um, relationships in anyone's life, but also contrasted with kind of the current state of both the literal climate in the world as in relating to climate change and the ecological changes that have happened over the past 50 years or so and will continue to happen and the mental climate change of the expansion of cities and the encroachment on natural land and et cetera, et cetera. Um, but I think it also just has a lot to do with trying to come to terms with something whether it's that thing itself whether it's the um you know changes that we have as a, as a species have brought upon the world um or the things that an individual has done that have brought about the um, occurrences in their lives that are happening right now and coming to terms with the things that have brought you to the point accepting the decisions that you made and reaching the level where you can move past them I guess in a way um a lot of it I, I kind of try to evoke in it a lot of kind of dust bowl Americana stuff there's a lot of uh kind of there's some spooky songs there's some songs about aliens there's some songs about the desert there's some songs about love I like it I can't wait. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait. Yeah, it's a. Uh, I'm excited for it too. I think it'd be really good. Yeah, I, I, I think it's, I, it's the best thing I've done so far. Oh yeah, I, I like, like to hear it. that. So yeah, whatever you need, man. Let me know uh, if you want to swing by. I can accommodate yeah. accommodate for sure, man. The Bella's yeah. Bella's booth is it gets hot in there. So Bella's booth. <laughs> yeah, so go ahead and turn it's it up. It's real spicy. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Nice. Be in nice. there sweating for sure. But hey, man, I got to get up out of here. My baby is about to wake up from his nap. And I actually think the older one never went to sleep. So we'll cut it here. Uh, dude, thank right, you. Sir. Thank you so much for uh, for getting down, going deep of into course. the basement. Appreciate Great it. Um, uh, I miss seeing you around, man. Yeah. I, I I love the place, but it ain't the same without you, man. I miss making you coffee, Odin. <laughs> I, I, I miss you making me coffee. <laughs> uh, anyways, everybody be cool. Check on a vet. Hug your loved ones. Welcome to the basement.
Welcome to the basement. Welcome to the basement. Welcome to the basement. Welcome to the basement.